You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 182. We need to move from a talent scarcity mindset Mm -hmm. that drives this hoarding behavior to a mindset of abundance where we see all of the talent within the organization as a possible resource for us to tap into. And if we can change that mindset, then there's more flexibility around the organization of how we can tap into the skills that we have. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hello and welcome. So pleased to have you here. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator. And I'm just thrilled that you're here with us today as we continue to explore the different areas that make us stronger as coaches. And you may notice if you're a regular listener, or if you're looking through the different episodes that have been offered in the past 180 plus episodes, that we have three types of categories or shows here on the Star Coach Show. We have those episodes that are specific to skill development or the kinds of things that we do when we partner with clients and how to get stronger about those and the things to think about when we're delivering services. We also have shows very specific to helping you build a strong business so that you can deliver those services. So whether it's about resources to help you leverage your business better or different services that you can provide or just different ways to build your business and to think about your business, we've got those kinds of shows in plenty. And we also have a third category of shows. And those are shows specific to organizational development or the way that leaders can use coaching as a leadership style, how we can leverage people and talent and the resources within organizations. Because many, even if you're not an executive coach or a leadership coach, I'm willing to bet that your clients, at least some of your clients, are impacted by corporate America. They're impacted by the systems, or not just corporate America, corporations as a whole, global corporate. So we've got a segment of shows that are specific to those kinds of interactions that we have and and the things to think about, the resources that are available to organizational management, talent management, those kinds of things. And that is exactly where our show for this week lands. I am thrilled to introduce you to Dr. Edie Goldberg. She is the president of E.L. Goldberg and Associates and is a nationally recognized expert in human resources and talent management strategy and organizational effectiveness. 
She is the co-author of the brand new book, The Inside Gig, How Sharing Untapped Talent Across Boundaries Unleashes Organizational Capacity. Edie earned her PhD in Industrial and Organizational Psychology from the University of Albany. She is the recipient of HR People and Strategies Lifetime Achievement Award and a fellow of the Society for Industrial and Organizational Psychology. You hear a theme here? She is all about organizational development, organizational psychology. She gives us a wonderful look into what we need to think about when we are partnering with people to be the best they can be in a workspace and shares a talent management system that leverages people's talents, helps them feel valued, grows and develops people, all the kinds of things that we want to highlight in our coaching. I loved my interview, super excited to send you over to the interview and I will see you on the other side. Welcome to Star Coaches. Thanks for taking time out of your day to share your incredible new book with us. Well, thanks, Meg. I really appreciate being invited here. I'm excited to talk to you. Well, I want to congratulate you because I look at having a new book come out sort of like having a baby. I mean, it's, it takes a lot of energy and focus and love and blood, sweat and tears to to put a book together. So when it comes out, it's a celebration time. So let's celebrate. It's huge. I mean, I have to say it's longer than a nine month gestational process. So it is, it really does lead to a big culmination, you know, event. We're very excited. And what's been so fun is many colleagues have been sharing pictures of them opening their books when they're getting it from Amazon or whatever, Barnes and Noble or wherever right. they order it from. And it, it's fun to see it in people's hands. I mean, and then be able to get people's reactions. It's been in our heads for so long, but really being able to share it is a joy. So share the title of your book with us. Okay, it's called The Inside Gig. How Sharing Untapped Talent Across Boundaries Unleashes Organization Capacity. So it's an intricate like subtitle, but at the same time, if you really like sink into that, it just makes so much sense. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But I want to give a little backstory here in that Edie was referred to me by Dr. Beverly Kay, who has been on another episode. And we shared some great tips about helping leaders be the best they can be. And Edie and I, Edie wasn't positive that she was a good fit for this show because it's not, her book isn't specific to coaching. But when we were discussing, we thought there's such good information here about career development, about helping people learn and grow and develop. And that's exactly what we try to do as coaches. I know many of you who are listening are executive or leadership coaches, and I'm going to tell you there's going to be oodles of information for you here. Those of you who work with people around their careers and helping them determine how they want to be their best in a career search or just in their development towards their career, 
there's going to be great gold nuggets for you here. And those of you who are listening who might not fall in either of those categories, you have a career that you're growing and developing into every single day. So there's going to be gold nuggets here for you as well. So with that sort of stage set, I'm so pleased, Edie, that you are like, you know what? Yes, I will come on and we'll talk about this book and we'll bring this gold to your audience. Absolutely. I, I do think your point is really well taken. Uh, it serves so many different audiences from so many different perspectives. And, you know, I think the central idea here is we need to innovate the way we think about talent today. And some of our old ways that, that we've thought about how careers go or how we treat our talent or how we use the skills available to us they're just, they're not matching the rhythm of today's organizations. And so having these new ideas is what propels us forward. Yes. So we, let's start with sort of setting the foundation in that you've been a talent management consultant for many years. What is it that led you into that? And what lights you up about that field? Wow. Okay. So I got a PhD in industrial and organizational psychology, which is essentially the psychology of work behavior. And one thing that I've loved, so I've, you know, I've worked for a boutique management consulting firm. I've worked for, I was a global thought leader for Towers Parent for a number of years, and I've had my own business for 18 years now. And what I love about the work that I do is I both get to help companies optimize performance within their organization, mm -hmm. and at the same time, help individuals bring the best of themselves to the workplace. And I really view that as an important marriage. I don't serve one or the other. My work, I constantly seek to serve them both. If that isn't important, I don't know what is. And, and through that, you came upon this talent operating model that you talk about in the inside gig. What led to fleshing this out? Yeah. So I had been part of a really amazing consortium of HR, of CHROs and HR thought leaders called the Create Project. And that work was really focused on the future of work and how companies need to evolve and change. And we were really concerned that if HR didn't fundamentally change how we were delivering for organizations, that other functions were essentially going to eat our lunch, that we were going to become less and less important to the organization because we weren't adding the value that they needed to compete in the future of work. So we wanted to kind of raise up the skill levels and help HR see the future and understand how important they were going to be. I mean, you look at the pandemic that we're in right now. Right. If you want to talk about who's driving the response in an organization, it is HR, right? And so pandemic aside, this is a talent, you know, we're, we're in a huge talent crisis right now. Even pandemic aside, mm -hmm. because the skills that we're losing in organizations today are very different than the skills that we've had a tight talent supply around to begin with. But so Create was really focused on helping around the future of work and accelerating the development of the HR profession. Through that work, um, I co-led one project team and my co-author, Kelly Stephen Wace from Here Technologies, she co-led another team. So we got to chat and talk a lot. And at the, 
we had this big project readout at the end of four years. Four years, what a long project, yeah. It was a labor of love because none of us got paid to do this. This was all kind of giving back to our profession. And Kelly said, I want to implement some of this in my company. I want to change the way we work. And she asked if I would help her in that journey. And so we experimented essentially within her company of breaking down the work that we do into more project-based work mm-hmm. and helping, you know, her company wanted to become more agile and they wanted to facilitate continuous learning because the skills were shifting in her company so quickly, they couldn't hire enough people to fill the demand for the new skills that they needed. If you need you know, machine learning and artificial intelligence, there just aren't that many people out there with those skill sets. Right, and then you've got that whole base of people you do have. So what, yes. I mean, yeah, so you've got to kind of negotiate all of that. So how do you, how do you upskill and reskill, you know, all right. the people that you have? And so we set out to create this new way of working and the term, the inside gig leverages off what we've learned from the gig economy and, and that people want diversity and choice at work. And how do we create that gig economy like experience within your company? So that inside gig, this is all about small projects within your company. Perfect. And yeah, so that's, that's kind of the genesis. Good. So, so when you think about how the message that you bring forward in the book and the things that you want leaders to think about when leveraging their employees, let's talk about actually when they're, when they are maybe choosing new employees, what are some of the key things that you are advising that leaders think about when they are interviewing, when they're canvassing the kinds of things that they're doing to bring in talent? Okay. I want to answer where you started. Okay. At that point in time, kind of, you know, how does this change things? But when you're hiring people, I think today we, we hire people for a core set of skills that they have because they, they meet this job description. In fact, you know, a little bit of my bugaboo is we're, we're really just only, you know, hiring the people who fit the exact specification, but that's kind of a, a false start because very quickly the demands of that job are going to change. And so hiring people who are agile learners is much more important or as important as hiring people to do the job that you have for them today. It's almost like it's short-sighted to just hire for what's directly in front of you right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, organizations that haven't hired people who are agile and able to change are facing a lot of challenges right now because as the work is changing, they've got these people with these old skill sets who aren't interested in changing. And I have to say, that's a very small percentage, our workforce because that are not interested in changing. Yeah. yeah. And, and leaders highly underestimate the amount that people want to learn and grow. I mean, this really goes to your, your coaches out there. Uh, I found an interesting statistic from Accenture, which was leaders, corporate leaders, think one out of, one out of four corporate leaders believe that employees are resistant to learning new skills. 
But the data actually says that 67% of all employees and 75% of millennials do think that learning and growth is important for their career. And, you know, they see this as really important for their own career survival. So organizations don't know how much employees actually do want to learn and grow. So if we're operating off the assumption that they don't, we might not be creating those opportunities or asking those questions or opening up the gate to just kind of bring in what is that person interested in and where might they be willing to grow and learn and develop because we've got this block or at least one, qu- one quarter of the leaders have a block that their people are not interested in learning anyway. Didn't you say one out of four? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that it, it's even bigger than that because we generally think of learning and growth within a company as happening at different kind of key career inflection points, mm-hmm. right? Somebody's going to become a manager. So we, we, you know, upskill them at that point in time, or we give them the skills to be a manager at that point in time. But people need to be continuously learning and growing at all times. And new skills are coming into your company. You have to help them adapt to that new business challenges are are coming at you. So we need to change the way we learn and grow and that it's not at these key inflection points, but it's really all the time. And what would you say that does to people's investment and interest and sort of engagement if they're being challenged to learn and grow and stretch? If I get to learn and grow in the areas that are of interest to me, I mean, that is hugely engaging. There's uh, some data that says that, you know, 42% of employees say that they're likely to leave if they're not learning enough. But 93% of employees report that they would stay if their company invested in their career. Wow. So really important to invest in your employees on a regular ongoing basis and not just, you know, periodically. You talk about the importance of learning agility. What are some of the ways that you recommend to the leaders you work with of how they would determine somebody's learning agility? Like what kinds of questions, what kinds of things do do they use to, to determine if person A or person B are agile in their learning? Yeah, so you're asking an industrial psychologist this question. So I should ask first disclaimer about that. So I'm going to go the assessment route first. But there are a number of uh, professionally developed, validated instruments mm-hmm. that can assess learning agility out there. So, you know, I would probably lean in that Give an assessment. However, yeah, that makes sense. However, with that said, a lot of companies that won't go in that direction there are a lot of behavior-based questions that you can ask people about, you know, when was the last time you had to learn something new? What did you do? You know, and if people are, are saying, you know, well, I only learned because my company sent me to this class, as opposed to, I'd look something up on YouTube, or I got a book on that, or I went and shadowed a colleague because I was really interested in what they were doing, or I got on a chat group online. Mm-hmm. So people who are being proactive and investing themselves are those people who are more learning agile. Excellent. How, well, in my mind's going in lots of different directions. So this is, you know, us 
looking at the most important points that you want to bring forward, where do we want to go next in your mind? So one of the other pieces about the inside gig is the reason that we need to offer these learning opportunities to people, these short-term projects in, you know, gigs within your company is because our organizations are so underutilizing the talent that they have available to them. And, and this is really particularly important with the current crisis that we're going through in the workplace. And some organizations are having to downsize, uh, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But regardless of whether companies are downsizing or not, we do not understand the talent that we have underneath our roof. And it's hard to tap into that talent if you don't know where it is. So we put people in a box called a job, and that's the box that you live in. And it generally happens within your team. I mean, if it happens in your department or your function, that's actually really good for people. But most people don't even get that much bandwidth, right? So it's my job on my team. Mm -hmm. And the problem with careers is that people often can't find what opportunities are available to them in their company that are outside of this small little sphere of their work world that they know. And, you know, so I've developed career management systems for companies for decades now, probably. (laughs) And the biggest obstacle for people getting another job within their company is being able to figure out how do I apply my skills? So the concept around the inside gig is we can create kind of an internal talent platform that lets everybody share all all of the skills that they have, not just the skills that I do for my job today. On my team, yeah. Yeah, before you did this, you had other jobs. You bring other skills to the table and everybody who's listening to this podcast, you're more than your current job today. And how do you share that information with your company so that when they're in a pinch because, you know, there's a big customer need or there's a big shift in some sort of business dynamic within the organization and they need to pull a team together to do X, Y, and Z, how do they know to do that? They generally end up going to an external contractor where they're spending a bunch of money to bring people in when they have the talent inside of their company that they could borrow for a short-term project, you know, for given duration. Right. And they could utilize the talent that they have within. And when another statistic that I often quote is only one out of three millennials feel like their company is using their skills well. So people feel like their skills are really underutilized in the workplace. And that's discouraging. I mean, yeah. yeah, it can feel like you're not bringing all of your talent forward, um, particularly if, there's something going on that you could bring that value to, but you're not allowed to tap into it or you're not even aware of it because it's out of your team. Yeah. And if you, if you bring those opportunities to people to bring their full selves to work, think about what that does emotionally, right? I mean, talk about employee engagement. You know, if I get to choose the projects that I work on because they're of interest to me or they hit my passion or an interest or, hey, I get to use a skill that I haven't used in a long time and I really used to like to do that. That lets people bring their full selves to work. And, and be and, superstars. Like, yes. don't people love to be superstars? We all want to be superstars. Absolutely. 
and have that opportunity and to be appreciated. Now, one of the things that sort of strikes me is that I think sometimes managers can become territorial of their people. What are your thoughts about that? <laughs> Absolutely. So we, we have a whole chapter devoted to one of our core principles. And in fact, I think this is the most important principle that we have around the inside gig is a mentality called you get what you give. So you get what you give is you only get talent from elsewhere in the organization when you're willing to give away some of the talent on your team. The problem is we've sort of raised managers, if you will, to be talent hoarders. They covet and they hoard the talent on their team. And, you know, I could illuminate the number of different ways people hoard talent, but we don't need to do that. But if we, we need to move from a talent scarcity mindset mm -hmm. that drives this hoarding behavior to a mindset of abundance where we see all of the talent within the organization as a possible resource for us to tap into. And if we can change that mindset, then there's more flexibility around the organization of how we can tap into the skills that we have. So important. And I can certainly see it, it. It doesn't matter what industry I work in. I see that that concept of mine, 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 instead of, you know, we all are working under this umbrella. So how do we make the organization umbrella better by maximizing everything underneath the umbrella rather than these little silos? So another, yeah, another one of the core principles of the inside gig is called busting the functional silos. You know, we all tend to work in our silos and we don't allow that cross company collaboration that is so important for getting to the best solution, but it's, it also kind of holds people back in their careers of exploring, thinking about, you know, career exploration of being able to work on a short-term project in another part of the company that might open my eyes to a new opportunity that's available to me that I had no idea existed before. That's going to keep me at the company longer mm -hmm. rather than taking a job elsewhere because that's the only way I can access a new learning, a new opportunity. Right. Well, and just that whole concept of, you know, we're social people. So when I get to know people, not just on my team, but I also know people over in this area and this, because I've worked with them and we've established great relationships, I'm going to be more grounded to that organization that I work within. But I, I also have to think from the organization and productivity perspective. So what you just teed up is how organizations actually get to higher productivity, because when we're communicating across those boundaries, we start to understand a lot more about the problems that we're solving, how we all interrelate to that, and how we can work better together to achieve optimal outcomes. And that's really what it's about, right? Absolutely. So exciting. It kind of gave me goosebumps. So, <laughs> so what I think about, so then it's also, you know, we've got maybe the, a little resistance in the managers sharing their talent. What about sort of building that muscle for flexibility, like the confidence that, do you bump into any barriers in people feeling like if I get pulled into this short-term project, will I have the capability to do my, I mean, like any barriers or obstacles about confidence or building that flexibility muscle? 
So the companies that we studied that have done this, there was a tremendous amount of fear going into it that if people are allowed to work on gigs outside of their team, Mm -hmm. then they'll ignore their core job responsibilities and all, you know, the whole world will come to an end. The company will implode. It's all your fault, Edie. You know, horrible. (laughs) And it never happened right? People still are delivering on their core job responsibilities and then taking on these project responsibilities. And I want to say, FF actually says a lot because a majority of the companies that I studied had offered these project opportunities for development purposes, and they offered it to people on top of their day job. The inside gig talent operating model is a little different because we marry what we call the democratization of work or the ability to have more choice and control over your work with this idea of you get what you give, which is about moving more Mm -hmm. project work around within the organization. And if I can have a, if I can negotiate with my manager, first off, there's likely to be some things that I do that aren't so important and maybe I should let go of. Okay. There are other things that I do where that's actually not my skill set. And it takes me a whole bunch of time to do that. And if somebody else who had the right skill set were doing that work, it would free me up to do something where I could add more value. So now I get to optimize the talent that I have by letting them play in their sweet zone a little bit more. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who use the strengths finder, I'm sure a lot of your coaches right. use strengths finder. Mm-hmm. They really tap into this idea of letting people work to their optimum value. But the idea of negotiating that work and how do I make room for this extra project and not just put it on top of my day job is what is different about how we present the inside gig. Okay. But you experimented with companies and people were still invested even when they had to do the project on top of their day job. Yes. So we have case studies of of both companies that did it on top of people's day job and people that more integrated Mm -hmm. these gigs as part of a regular work Mm -hmm. schedule. And I will say those companies that implemented it as just a new way of working and tapping Mm -hmm. into the talent of our organization and moving work around, uh, they tended to leverage that process a lot more. I bet. Employees who just had to do it on top of their day job. Right. So I can imagine that even if we had to do it on top of our day job, if we're tapping into our talent and feeling like we're giving, there, there's some benefit to that and benefit to the organization. But to your point, if you're able to just rethink it and look at it a different way and organize it so that you're maximizing all talent and it becomes part of the system, part of, of the way your organization manages its talent, that must just be, well, it must have been so exciting for you to see it all begin to happen. Well, it's very funny because when you talk about this idea of project work and allowing people to to move some of their time around, the resistance is much more from the managers. Even when it's projects on top of their day jobs, it turns out that I heard from many of the companies that I, I spoke with when they offered a pilot where people could opt into opportunities for learning and mm-hmm. growth, it spread like wildfire. So I might have started off with like 100 people who were in my pilot, but all of a sudden there are 500 people on the platform because they all told their friends because they thought this was so cool. 
and you know companies had a hard time basically keeping it tapped down because there was so much pent up interest in being able to bring your full self to work and having opportunities to learn and grow in new ways where you get to choose the work that you do you know there are a lot of people who are really interested in working this way well if that doesn't speak i mean that tells the story right there that people it spread like wildfire people couldn't tap it down i mean that's exciting yeah we think that it's a lot to change the way we work and you know so we're we wrote the book really to create a movement around changing the way we work mm -hmm. and that's not going to be easy and it's going to take you know a lot of people to go first but there are a lot of companies now experimenting with approaching work with these inside gigs that really helps companies become more agile and it does help facilitate that learning and growth and we think that this is going to be an approach to work that will help companies survive better as you know our work continues to evolve well and as we get more and more millennials into the to the and and beyond i mean people who are saying look i expect more from you company i expect you to be able to offer me the kinds of work that I'm really good at and that I know I can bring value. I'm not just going to sit in my box of a job and be content. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, good, good stuff. So what have I not asked you that we want to be sure we include before we wrap up our time together today? Huh. The, oh, let's see. Uh, we talked about a lot of different things. Oh, we and have. Then, you know, I've gotten all pumped up and excited. <laughs> I think the pop, you know, really understanding what is the possibility of operating in this new way. You know, it, it really is about increasing your ability to get projects done faster because a lot of this relies on technology, right? So, mm -hmm. and, and that's where we've wanted to do a lot of things in career management for a long time, but we never had the ability to match people's skills with project opportunities available in the workplace. And now with artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. all of a sudden we have the tools to work in a different way. And when we can do that, we can start to put together teams much faster of people with the right skills and all the right different perspectives to make that team the best that it can possibly be and get them kind of off the ground faster. So it improves our kind of, if you will, speed to getting work done. It, it helps us create more personalized learning experiences for individuals because I get to choose what projects I opt into mm -hmm. based on my learning. And of course, it, you know, taking micro learning opportunities through inside gigs is one form of learning. You, you're going to supplement that with, you know, other fourth forms, curated content or learning on demand tools that are available to you but it really enables people to personalize that learning experience for themselves and then think about the employee experience that this starts to bring to people it you know just like our amazon life and our netflix life and you know the system knows us so it offers us up opportunities that are of interest to us we you know just at the at click of a, a mouse get to opt in to doing something 
And what I appreciate the most, and for those people who maybe uh, coach or advise companies on diversity and inclusion, mm -hmm. this has the opportunity to create an equal opportunity platform for individuals to access work. In, in the past, it was just those people who were politically connected and I hate to say it, maybe in the boys network. Right. And this, because we're leveraging technology to connect people's skills to the work opportunities available, it creates an equal, equal opportunity platform for people to grow their careers. And I find that really exciting. Absolutely. So we're talking about, you know, more engagement and people being able to bring their best forward and, and learning agility and flexibility and all these great and, and diversity and, and being able to create a more equal opportunity within the workplace. What a rich book. Thank you for, for bringing the ideas forward for us. So once again, the book is The Inside Gig, How Sharing Untapped Talent Across Boundaries Unleashes Organization Capacity. So good. Thank you so much for bringing forward to us and have a fantastic day. Thank you. I appreciate being on here. Everybody take care. I just find people to be so amazing and the things that they do to be so fantastic. I want to thank Edie for bringing her intensive work forward to us and open up a perspective of different ways that organizations can be more effective and people can be more fulfilled. If you want to know more about Dr. Edie Goldberg, about her book, the Inside Gig, How Sharing Untapped Talent Across Boundaries Unleashes Organizational Capacity. Go to starcoachshow.com. In the show notes for episode 182, you will get all of Edie's contact information. Now, I want you to come back next week when we are tapping into the category of business building. And I welcome Ronan Leonard to the show all the way from Australia as we talk about how we can leverage our business through offering mastermind groups. We'll talk about what mastermind groups are and how they impact our business and the value that they bring to clients. I was thrilled to visit with Ronan and am happy to bring that to you next week. If you are enjoying the Star Coach Show, help me with my goal of increasing our rating and reviews at Apple Podcasts. There is a link to go to that rate and review at starcoachshow.com or wherever you're listening to the podcast. If you could leave a rate and review, that would be so appreciated. That's how people find the show. Speaking of people finding the show, share the link. Let people know. If you're finding an episode that's particularly helpful to you, I guarantee you it'll be helpful to a friend as well. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Stay well, be safe, and we'll talk to you next week.